there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. Today on the show, we're pitting facts against fleshy food. When did you fall in love with food? Are you in love with food? (laughs) I I am in love with food. I've always liked cooking with my mom. This is Chase Purdy. He's a journalist who reports on the inner workings of our food system, like how meat gets from our farms to our plates. Which made me start questioning, like, meat. Because when you learn about how our meat system is made, you start having lots more opinions about the food that we eat. When you know literally how the sausage is made. Exactly. Right. Yes. And when Chase started diving into this, he quickly saw what a mess our meat system is. Like, just looking at what it does to our environment. It's estimated that 15% of all human-made greenhouse gas emissions comes from livestock. 15%. It also uses up a lot of land, and when these animals poo, it can ultimately get in our waterways. And then there's just the fact that we're killing a lot of animals. Billions of land animals every year. Fish is harder to track, but they estimate between one and two trillion fish. So it's a hell of a lot of animals that sort of end up getting slaughtered to feed our appetite for food. This is a broken food system. A lot of us have heard about this broken food system. And it feels like every year, Silicon Valley is giving us new solutions. One year, it was Soylent. Remember, we were going to get all of our nutrients from a bottle. Next, it was fake burgers made from plants, like the Beyond Burger or the Impossible Burger. And now, there's a new solution on the horizon. It's one of these wild ideas that just might work. And a little while ago... It brought Chase to the headquarters of a tech startup in Berkeley, California. You're okay with the sun? Yeah. Yeah, for a bit. For a bit? I have a little bit to be worried about, more than you. (laughs) (laughs) The sun's problematic for me because I'm bald, and so... Chase is with Uma Valetti, the CEO of Memphis Meats, and he's about to taste meat from the future. Yeah, so we're, like, sitting there on the, the bench chatting, and someone walks out of the front door of the company, which I can see from where I'm sitting, and he comes over with, like, a, a plate. So this is the Memphis Meats duck. It's grown right here. The meat is just seasoned with salt and pepper, but the meat is really the star of the show. What did it look like? It looked just like a, a chicken tender. I mean, if you went to, like, a McDonald's or an Arby's, that's what it looked like. It was actually a duck tender... A juicy hunk of duck. Real meat. And yet, no duck died for Chase's lunch. And the idea is that by making it, we wouldn't be killing the planet either. We took a little bite and... This is wild. It did taste like duck. That's tasty. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. And the reason that this is really cool is because this meat, it was cooked up in a laboratory, grown in a vat, cell by cell. So it really took Chase by surprise that it didn't just taste like meat, but it also looked like meat. I expected to pull it apart and it to be kind of mealy or kind of just like very processed looking, like a chicken nugget when you pull it apart. 
But the mind-blowing thing about it was that it had all of the elements of like what the texture and feel of like the quote-unquote real thing would have. That's wild and cool. I just thought in my brain at the time, like, they, they did it. Chase has been following the lab-grown meat industry for years. He just wrote a book about it called Billion Dollar Burger. And he says that after years of flopping about, lab-grown meat is finally making it into the big time. There are about 50 startups all around the world trying to hit the market first. Chase calls this the edible space race. And like there's one in Singapore that's making shrimp. You have chicken nuggets being made, chicken tenders, duck foie gras. You mean you name it. There's a pet food cell-cultured meat company making mouse mincemeat for cats. What? That does exist. That's real. These companies are saying that they are the answer to our broken meat system, that their meat is better for the planet than what we have now, and that it's going to save us from climate change. So today, we're going to sink our teeth into this weird world of lab-grown meat. And the first thing we want to find out is just how on earth do you make it? So we called up that guy who shared a meal with Chase. My name is Uma Valeti. I'm a cardiologist and uh, I founded Memphis Meats. Uma walked us through step by step, the kind of bizarre ways that they're cooking all this up. So if you're trying to make chicken fillets, here's how it starts. Using, say, a needle, Uma and his team can suck up cells from a real living chicken. And not just any cells. Yeah, these are stem or stem-like cells, which means these cells can continue to multiply and grow and become muscle tissue or fat or bone. And that's what we're talking about. Once you take the cells out of the chicken, they're all naked and alone, no longer in the warm, natural cell factory of a chicken's body. And since these cells don't have a body to grow in, Uma has to make a body. And to do that, he uses a big cauldron called a bioreactor. And inside it... It includes amino acids and fats and vitamins and minerals. He adds proteins, sugars and iron, hormones like insulin. Chicken cells also need oxygen, which in a real bird would flow through their body via their blood. Uma's bioreactor doesn't have that. So instead, he passes oxygen through this witch's brew. Ultimately, you end up with a kind of watery goo, which Uma says tastes a bit like blood. Many of us remember if we had a cut putting our finger in our mouth, right? And it tastes a little salty. That's the best way I can describe what this tastes. It has a little salty flavor in there. You might have a little bit of a metallic taste in there, but, you know, that's kind of what it reminds me of. So that's the basic idea. You take some cells, grow or culture them in a lab. That's why it's called cell-cultured meat. But Uma has been toiling away at this for five years. And he says, it's just really hard to mimic the innards of a chicken. I mean, seriously, just try it. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. I mean, chemically, it's hard too. So, for example... Uber told us that sometimes his cells just don't play ball. He'll give them their salty slop, hoping they'll grow into a big, fat chicken tender. He'll leave them for weeks to do their thing and then come back to the lab and be like, Hey, where was the tissue? It didn't grow at all. And we didn't know why it was not growing. After spending a week, two weeks trying to feed, feed the cells, 
and they'll just sit there and sit there and just keep eating. They just, they just won't grow. They refuse to grow. How many times did it not work? Like, did you come back to the reactor and all the cells were dead? Yeah. I mean, it happens even now. There's a number of times that we felt like is, this is never going to work. I'd say, you know, we stared into that absolute despair of will this ever work more times than I can, than I can count. But little by little, Uma has been learning how to work through this by playing around with his secret recipe. These days, they're also trying to only work with the most cooperative cells, the ones that will do really well in his watery slop. He saves those for the next batches and tosses the duds in the bin. Essentially, what Uma's team is doing is kind of breeding cells. You can think about it like taking a wild jungle fowl and breeding it generation to generation until you get a plump, fat chicken. And while Uma is working through that puzzle, he's got another problem to deal with. You see, if Uma just shoved cells into a vat to grow any which way, he'd basically get a meat milkshake. So some companies build scaffoldings, which are like a jungle gym for cells to grow on. Memphis Meats has managed to find the right mix of ingredients in their goo to help kind of coax the cells to grow in these little layers. So in the early stages, the tissues are very, very thin. You can only see them under a microscope. But as they start growing, once they get to a couple of weeks, you'll start actually seeing with naked eye that these are like tissues, like meat has this very light pinkish kind of hue. And as they start growing and once we harvest it, you'll start seeing it as little chunks of meat. You know, so like imagine cubed chicken. So how those little cubes look like, um, except we don't have bones in there. So it's just you know, cubed boneless chicken is what I would describe it as. Mm, cubed boneless chicken. Gah. But seriously, this has been a real struggle. And now... Uma can almost taste victory. And the moment that he actually thought, we will do this, was when his team cooked up beef in his lab and then made fajitas. And I still can't forget the moment in which I've, you know, put that fajita in my mouth and just was eating it. I'm like, that intense flavor that came off, the meaty flavor, is when I'm like, okay, this is meat. Memphis Meat says that it takes several weeks to go from a bunch of cells to chicken, beef, or duck that you can eat. So we are getting really close. But the billion-dollar question is, will this meat live up to its hype? Right now, this is all basically happening in small photogenic laboratories. But if this is really going to work, it's going to need to be scaled up in a massive way. And that means... We're going to need huge vats filled with thousands of litres of that weird salty goo bubbling away. And if all that happens, will this really be that environmentally friendly? To find out, you've got to head over to our full episode. This one is just a mini Science Versus episode. It's bite-sized. So if you want the full juicy bite... Head over to our Science Versus feed. Just search for Science VS in Spotify and then click on our link, Lab Grown Meat, We Grill It. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Fact you next time.